0: It's the Progress Pod, a production of the Franklin County Coalition for Progress. I'm Pete Mazzoni with Jeremy Kate. There are an estimated 12 million undocumented immigrants in the United States right now. On our previous program, we discussed the push and pull factors that have driven immigration to this country. On today's show, we are going to discuss the situation surrounding the people who are here working, obeying the law, paying taxes, and what can be done to fix a problem this country has been wrestling with for decades. With us, we have Katrina Smith and Rodrigo Ortiz from the Movement of Immigrant Leaders in Pennsylvania, also known as MILPA. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Sure, thank you.
0: If you could go ahead and tell us what MILPA is and what it does, that'd be great.
1: Yep, absolutely. MILPA stands for Movement Immigrant Leaders in Pennsylvania. MILPA grew out of PIC's organization. PIC is based out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania Immigrant Citizenship Coalition. And they started birthing. They have a ton of different programs that um, are to promote immigrant rights. And this one came a few years ago, back when the law changed in PA. There are many states where you can get your driver's license as an undocumented, meaning a person without status, any legal paperwork here in the United States, PA revoked that, turned it around, and said that undocumented immigrants can no longer receive their driver's license. So that's been a huge problem for local immigrants here, in particular the undocumented community, even those who have some form of paperwork, say it's a work permit Mm -hmm. or some sort of visa, because there's question when they're stopped by police officers as to why they don't have an official driver's license and why Mm -hmm. their documentation might be a passport from their home country. And as a result, especially with some of the new immigration policy changes and the climate, there have been people detained, taken immediately by ICE, and deported. Mm
0: -hmm. How did you get involved with this?
1: I got connected actually by Professor Kathleen Kunev Pena, uh, who had introduced me to Rodrigo, telling because I had wanted to. So I've been a part of immigration work for some time now. I came to Chambersburg three years ago when my husband and I got married. And after that, I was really wanted to get connected. I wanted to know where is the immigrant community, what are the needs, and thankfully through Rodrigo and um, yeah, Professor Kathy, I was able to get connected to Milpa. Mm-hmm.
0: And Rodrigo, um, tell us your story.
2: All right. Well, my name is Rodrigo Ortiz. We live on PA for like uh, fifteen years, and we moved to Milpa on 2013. Mm-hmm. We start for driver license on that time. And right now, MILPA is doing more because the Latino community, we need more representation on different kind of organization to try to find protection for the different problems to have right now. Mm-hmm. Like um, police with the state police sure, and fine. the office of the governor to... Um, the police, uh, the state police office is doing the job and great job with the keep people safe, okay. but it's doing a job to is not supposed to be, like uh, immigration officers. Right. Okay. And uh, Milpa is part of that um, coalition to is fighting for that right now. Mm-hmm. Milpa is working to to try to stop the the bills and... The, the
1: anti-immigrant bills and
2: immigrant bills, sure. like um, some bills to try to criminalize all the Latino or all the immigrants. Mm. Okay, mm. and um, we work in two to try to push the people to register for vote. Okay, sure, To yes. explain the people how important it is to register for vote, the people to qualify for that and is do it on November to make sure the voices is listened. Definitely, um,
0: get, get out and register to vote. So go
2: on, I didn't mean to interrupt, sorry. It's okay, <laughs> it's, um, we, we, we're gonna talk a little bit about the license first, okay? okay. On 2009, on PA, uh, people with have tax ID number, can, uh, people to pay taxes is have a access to a license, okay? okay? But uh, Pendon is uh, determined to no more, to say to only the people to have a social secure number, okay, and is when all the, the many people to have a license on that time is canceled, okay. okay, to don't have access to the to the license anymore, okay. What Milpa with different organization on, around the state is try to do it is to find different repre- representatives to can introduce the bill for driver license. Okay. Okay? The deal is um, to... We have a bill on 2015. It's uh, 1648 on that time. Okay. And this bill is introduced for Mark Cohen. Okay? Mark Cohen is no more on the legislation, and we try to find uh, different representatives to want to support this on January of 2019. Okay. That's the deal. And... uh,
0: so you're looking for support for this measure yes so we're talking about people when we say undocumented uh be specific on the citizenship status
1: sure i can expand on that too so i mean there are so many that there are about 30 different forms of status you can have here in the united states beyond just being a u.s citizen so you can have some form of visa, which means you're protected and in the process. Maybe it's a work visa. It could be what's known as a U visa which, and, or a T visa. Those are all both depending on different types of abuse that you may have experienced coming to the U.S. And those are visas that you get before you can be a citizen. Mm-hmm. Undocumented is purely you have no paperwork. You came here across the border without any type of application, anybody permitting you entrance. And your home passport is still your home country of origin. You do not have any... Okay.
0: I I want to also address uh, some misconceptions that are out there about this community. Um, Access to social services. What access do they have?
1: The undocumented community? Mm -hmm.
0: The undocumented community. They have none. 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 Okay. Do they pay taxes? Yes. Yeah.
1: So that was (laughs) when Rodrigo was commenting there that people who paid taxes were able to get their driver's license. Those are undocumented members of the community. It's called an ITIN or ITIN number that you apply for and... Social Security accepts that. There's actually statistics show that three out of four undocumented community members pay their taxes.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know if this number is knowable, but what would you guesstimate the unemployment rate is in the undocumented community? In other words, the, the yes. misconception they're they're not working.
1: Sure, I they're hidden workers. That's right. what it mm-hmm. is, and. That's where we also collaborate with the Farmers Bureau about how can you be a better voice or a louder voice for the immigrant community, especially the undocumented immigrant community, because yes, they're working. They're working the jobs that nobody wants to work because right. the wage is lower and it's harder work.
0: Right, right. And then who benefits from undocumented labor?
1: We do. <laughs> the Specifically, people. though, in our
0: community, wouldn't you say it's <laughs> agriculture?
1: right. So I mean, we it's cheaper prices at the grocery store in particular, mm-hmm. but it it it's also warehouse labor. So the mm-hmm. the warehouses, yeah, whether it's Amazon or it's Ulta or I mean, there are so many around us.
2: Mm-hmm. Everybody benefits about the immigrant people mm-hmm. because it's a lot of immigrants around everywhere. Right. Okay, and the people is buy everything around is pay. You know, buy houses, or cars, and insurers. Or, um, you know, all the fruits that you eat in the morning and the day, you know, Mm -hmm. the houses to make it or the um, jars to be clean, you know, is and the people pay taxes is a myth.
1: Right. It's a myth. It's a myth that people don't pay their taxes. People
2: don't pay taxes because for uh, a good example for the license. okay, one of the uh, requirements is to pay taxes. It's just the tax ID number. And to have that number, you need to pay taxes. So this
0: seems kind of like a perverse system in a way, that we're willing to benefit from the labor, we're willing to take the tax dollars, but we're not going to do anything to sort out uh, citizenship status. So MILPA, that's kind of the job that you're doing, is is trying to work with legislatures.
2: Now, do you have support in Harrisburg?
1: Some Rodrigo can speak better to that.
2: In the past, we have some uh, representatives to support this bill, but right now is trying to find what's the best way for introduce the bill. Mm-hmm. Um, but right, like for example, tomorrow we have a meeting to uh, Chris Rapp, who is a uh, representative from. I don't remember what the number of the district but it's on the outside of Philadelphia okay, okay. we have a meeting with him tomorrow morning mm-hmm. to talking about this okay and have a, a some visit before we are different representatives right now many people say I want to support this but I don't want to introduce because these people do is an elections and the people is fear a little bit about immigration um, a conversation, okay? All the conversation about the immigrants is, is too political, okay? But the truth is for the people. It's not for political. It's something you need to do for the people.
0: Well, it's going to take a brave politician because in this climate, this issue has become one of the most dangerous for them to stick their neck out on. So, Milpa is working in Harrisburg. Uh, what are you doing on the local level? To work with the undocumented community?
2: Well, about the local level, you do it like bring um, the Mexican consul for the uh, um, people to, if it's from Mexico, to can renew password and do some documentation to need it. Mm-hmm. That do it, every year. We do um, uh, tables of information sometimes. Like uh, meetings to communicate with the people to what's the situation about the laws or the um, Bills to can affect or can help the people Mm -hmm. Um, We have a good um, um, Meeting last year with um, the uh, chief camacho uh, the chief of police camacho and the major Mm -hmm. we have a um,
1: a, a drawing competition? A
2: drawing competition with the Latino community oh, okay. and the, the, the chief camacho and the mayor is the judges for that. <laughs> you know, it's so really nice okay. for the mm-hmm. kids.
1: We've also had legal clinics for the community members to attend, see if their cases, meaning they're so undocumented members, if they have a case. So attorneys have come, uh, pro bono attorneys, mean attorneys who do not charge, to hear their cases, screen them, and give them an opportunity to see if they can fight for legal status in, in the states. We've additionally worked with advocates. So that's where my role has kind of played a, a part is connecting to the ally community here. So not just the undocumented community, not just the immigrant community, but those here who really care about the issue. And really that comes down to our, our white community here right, and people who, right. who want to be advocates and and do care, but they don't know how to share their voice.
0: Right. And we all know that as you drive around out in the outside of Chambersburg and the Farms, you, you see what you see as far as who's doing the work mm-hmm. out there. Um, h- how do you counter the arguments you're hearing that undocumented people need to go?
1: Yeah, I ask people if they have a relationship with undocumented people. I often find so that's where I've got stuck in all of this or glued to it rather is because of speaking the language one, but then growing more connected to the families. And my heart was moved. So I think when people say they need to go, I ask them if they know anybody Mm -hmm. who's an immigrant. Have they met the mom whose husband was deported and now she's working to feed all of her kids Mm -hmm. and their home alone as a result of that. In our
0: community, do we have uh, young people that are benefiting from the DREAM Act?
1: We do have some, yeah, and there's it's better organized, and this is what I think Milpa is trying to bring to Chambersburg. Gettysburg has a really good base for organizing this right now, and they have DACA students at the college who have come together to, to create a louder voice, but we certainly have students here. I mean, it's currently not... Right? It's not existing, only you can renew your DACA status, but we do have people who are DACA recipients here.
0: Mm-hmm. I noticed that there hasn't been any action taken on that, and I think it's, because, I think it's a good thing. Um, I believe they should be able to stay, but I also think politicians don't have the guts to actually send them home. Correct. I honestly believe that they'll be
2: allowed to stay. Rodrigo, what brought you to this country? The reason why I come to this country is because my wife is well, my girlfriend at that time is living here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And where, where were
0: you living at, b- before you came here? In
2: Mexico. In Mexico. In Mexico.
0: Okay, and you, your you, your girlfriend,
2: it, it, I hope, is my <laughs> wife now. On, it's, it's 16 is good, years. It's, is good it's, podcast. <laughs> I'm
0: pointing to a young woman over here on the side. And so you came here, and did you? Uh, Want to leave
2: Mexico, or it was just love that pulled you? The, the only reason why I come to this country on that time is because my girlfriend is living in New York, is in the school of New York, and I want to see it. That's why, <laughs> that's you know what?
0: I'm with you. That, I live in Chambersburg because
2: of my now wife, so <laughs>
0: I understand
2: that. But uh, after leaving New York for one year, I really don't like, and Pennsylvania mm-hmm. is a beautiful state. I it is a beautiful it. state. And that's where I live. All the time here in Pennsylvania.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, when you first got here, did you find uh, the community welcoming? Or
2: yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I I can say this. Like maybe four years ago, is not terrible. Okay, because <laughs> the community is is part of the of the people around. Okay, mm-hmm. but nobody. Point fingers right. to say this is immigrant, this Latino, this speaks Spanish. You know, now you feel that. Now you feel scared. Before you be normal, you part of the community, and nobody say nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay, some of the people maybe don't like. Okay, but you don't feel like what you feel right now.
0: Right, and that's got to be part of the thing that you're working with, uh, Katrina. Is kind of getting people to a good place where they're not living in fear every single day and yeah. how do you how do you negotiate that
1: yeah i think that's about creating trusting relationships with people so once i feel like it, as people trust me they'll trust who i refer them to and that's been the nature i work with mental health and drug, drug and alcohol on, as my part time work you know outside of milpa um, and that has existed the reason i have the relationships with the latino families that i do is a result of them trusting me initially, and then whoever it is that I pass on them on to for assistance, yeah, for creating inclusion. Yeah, Yep. Sure. How large
0: would we guesstimate that the immigrant community is here in Chambersburg?
1: Wow, well, that's a big question.
2: Not sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the... Uh, census. The census oh, right. is, is don't say exactly true. Because many people when knock the door is never open. Right. It's never answered the questions. Right. Okay. That's where you know how many people is. Mm-hmm. But this is a good example to I do it. Okay. Go to the schools, look the classroom and tell me how many Latino faces you see. Mm-hmm.
3: Right.
2: Yeah.
0: And there are eight hundred ESL families. The, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you had a, a laundry list of things you would like to see happen. What would that look like
1: the list is long are you ready i'm ready (laughs) i mean i think it's building relationships with with these community members and that that means signing yourself up to be available as a volunteer when those moments come but it's it's esl classes are in desperate need so the waiting list on these esl classes are are long and there's families who can't who can't access them People to call their yeah, legislator. Could I just pause for sure. a second?
0: That's English as a second language for anyone. Yes, thank Sorry. you. Go ahead.
1: So we have plenty of them in the community, but there's still community members who, who want to be able to learn English. They want to be able to further their legal status depending on where they're at in the, in the visa process right now, but they need to know English in order to do that. So
0: <laughs> That dispels another myth, too. Yeah. That dispels the myth that there's no interest in learning, Absolutely. learning English, which is a ridiculous myth to begin with, so I'm sorry, go hey, on.
3: let me jump in real quick. Sure. Producer Jeremy here. <laughs> <laughs> um, if people are interested in uh, being ESL teachers, do you have any uh, routes that they can go through to, to do that? Like How how can people uh, yeah. look into doing that if they're interested?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So the IU, going through the intermediate unit, mm-hmm. you can go through Coil Free Library with the Literacy Council, You can also contact King Street Church. Mm -hmm. And there are a few other avenues, but those are the three, the top three.
3: And does it take any kind of experience? What what does your background need to be to to be able to do that?
1: Yeah, most often you do not to be a volunteer teacher, right? So to be an ESL teacher in the school, sure you need your certificate. But to be a volunteer teacher, there isn't much experience required. And oftentimes it's not that we don't have some form of a certified or, or experienced teacher available for the position. We just don't have a volunteer base to to mm-hmm. help because it's, it's much more helpful having an assistant in the classroom than it is just to be by yourself. Yeah. Okay. So, so get
0: involved people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Calling your legislator is, is huge. And that's something that I feel convicted of because as a community member who's cared for a long time, I have made few phone calls to my local rep and Senator. And right. the fact there's so many sad statistics around that too, of people calling with anti-immigrant a conversation saying that they don't want it and that's unfortunate that there isn't a louder voice because I'm meeting and learning of a lot of people here who do really care about our immigrant community mm-hmm. but that's not what our local rep and senator hear.
0: Right uh, our country has an interesting and somewhat sad history of whoever just arrived is the most despised mm-hmm. um, and it goes all the way back to the Puritans and uh, unfortunately that's Kind of part of our heritage, oh, yeah. so go on with your, uh, your your wish list. Let's get into it.
1: <laughs> sure, I think that we we have needs for for people wrapping their arms around the refugee community as well. I think that's often overlooked um, and not it's they're a part of our immigrant community as well. So we need people welcoming them as newcomers, being involved in the education system too, because there are like I, I mentioned just earlier quickly, but there are eight hundred ESL students. So those are families that are. Looking for connection to the community, but don't have any community navigators. And the ESL department in our school district here in Chambersburg is is great, but it's not big enough for 800 mm-hmm. people. So,
0: so that that's another avenue where people could get involved and volunteer. Yep. Okay, great.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we need we need those navigators. Um, I think just being a, a voice in the community that's advocating for the families, making so we talk about these families that are hiding and living in fear, and I and that exclusiveness is felt to the, and people don't know who to trust. So welcoming them into your home, welcoming them into your activities or becoming involved somehow in their daily life, whether that's with their, their kids, because truly there are so many kids as a result of family separation, which I know it seems it's been stopped politically, but it still exists when parents are, are deported, one person's deported in the I family. Think family
0: separation's alive and well. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, think there's been any stop put to it and a lot of those children are, have not seen their parents
1: Right, so I think where I mean it being stopped I think people assume that because family reuni- reunification, the zero tolerance policy was put to a halt people I think mm-hmm. kind of simmered down across the country
2: I'd like okay. to make
1: an example about the separation of families
2: This is the día de hoy, Okay Este, un, una persona de aquí del área, okay, que está enferma de leucemia, que fue a su cita con inmigración el día de hoy.
1: So this happened today that there is a person here in our community who, who went to an, a doctor's appointment who has leucemia.
2: Fue a su no a su cita con inmigración, no a su cita con el doctor.
1: Oh, excuse me, an immigration appointment.
2: Okay, y para mañana tiene que abandonar el país.
1: And tomorrow he is to be deported to his country.
2: Tiene dos hijas.
1: He has two daughters.
2: Tiene años viviendo en este país.
1: He has many years of here Siendo this parte
2: de la comunidad.
1: He's been a part of this
2: Tiene una enfermedad delicada. Es
1: leucemia. Tiene
2: un tratamiento médico que seguir.
1: He has a to
2: y nada de eso es importante para los de inmigración. Que lo van a deportar el día de mañana.
1: But none of this is important to the immigration uh, courts who are going to deport him.
2: El problema de las separaciones de familia es algo real. Es right. algo que ocurre todos los días.
1: Right. So he's in agreement. The problem with family separation is very real.
0: This is a human rights issue. Yeah. This goes beyond the law and politics. Yeah. This is how do we treat each other? Yep. Do we see each other as pawns to be moved around, deported... I can't imagine what that family's going through. Do you know what country he was being sent to? And does he have family there or anyone? Or is he just going to get
2: off a plane and who knows what? The mom of this guy is here, okay? Don't have a dad. Is the wife here? Is the two daughters here? Is need to come back after like 15-20 years to live in the United States, he need to come back to their own country, Guatemala, mm-hmm. to to start a new life. Okay. But why por qué es que no puede quedarse aquí why para seguir su tratamiento médico, siendo que se está tratando de hacer todo de manera correcta.
1: Right? So why is it that he can't stay here and continue his medical treatment when he's been living in a co- correct way here in the United States?
2: El problema que yo veo es que dejaron de ver a las personas para ver la política.
1: Mm-hmm. So the problem I see here is that they've stopped looking at the person and they're just looking at the, the politics.
0: I think I agree. I think it's numbers for the Trump administration. I think they want the numbers to be as high as possible. Um, I think that's why the immigration courts aren't taking into account things like illness. I think, um, yeah, they just want to generate numbers so that their base is happy. He's doing what he promised. Interestingly, the, a Republican president was the last one to offer amnesty. His name was Ronald Reagan. And if you look at how far we've come from there, to the point where amnesty is out of the question, I think for any politician to say the word amnesty, they're looking at being kicked out of office. Let's go back to the driver's license. Why is this so important?
1: Yeah, I I'll speak quickly and then let Rodrigo go because he's super passionate about it. But it's it's a really interesting dilemma to to tell people. Sure, you can go through the asylum process here or any type of visa application process, but they don't have their driver's license. So if you're stopped and you don't have a driver's license, then you'll be detained. And that I'm I'm part of a group who's working closely with the family from Honduras and. That family has to be driven everywhere, to all of their appointments, to the ICE appointments in, in Philadelphia, to the court appointments, to Baltimore, to D.C. for paperwork. It's, it's an insane amount every day for work. Uh, the, the list goes on. So that's a really practical need for families who are even attempting to follow the system.
0: So it's like they set up an obstacle so they can create another obstacle.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And uh-huh. and then it's the basic that having that form of ID really prevents. So Rodrigo had mentioned that the part of Milpa is to create a better police relationship and, and to separate police and ICE because they are two separate entities and they shouldn't be connected. So here in Chambersburg, that has been positive, thanks to Chief Camacho. But unfortunately, surrounding areas, I mean, recently, there's been an uptick of police stops in Mechanicsburg and Camp Hill area. And calling ICE on the spot, and then those families are taken.
0: Now, this is an important issue, and this goes to the concept of sanctuary city, Yep. which people misconstrue as meaning in that city or in that area, nothing will be done to enforce the law. Right. If you could describe what is actually happening, why local police don't
2: want to be forced to cooperate with ICE, because there is a reason. Okay, we want to use a good example here about that. Okay. Um, we stop uh, for traffic, okay? Mm-hmm. The officer is supposed to be talking to the driver, right? Don't go talk to the rest of the people in the car, okay? To use a car full of white people, it's only talking to the driver, and that's it. To is a car with Latinos, the officer is going to ask to each of the Latinos about the papers, okay? But it's a state police, is no a immigrant representative is no a ICE officer you know
0: right he's a representative of the state of, of the Pennsylvania state. not the federal government
2: that's the biggest problem here mm. okay because the right say you can discriminate anybody for what it look like okay the right is equal for everybody to is a traffic stop do it by traffic stop okay this is not the border right
1: yeah um yeah, absolutely, Rodrigo, and, and and I think what that creates. So when police officers are stopping members here in Chambersburg or wherever it may be, and and acting in an ice role, that creates a bad relationship rapport for police officers in the community. And so as a result, like I work with families, I said in mental health and families who have experienced abuse or crime, but the reason they haven't reported this crime that's occurred to their kids or to to them themselves is because of the negative relationship with police officers. So a sanctuary city is is creating the the positive relationship and the needed relationship between the police officers, the police department, and and its community members. Here
2: in Franklin County, we have a good relation with the state police and especially with Chambersburg police, Okay, The people here don't have fair, Okay, We have some, especially for immigrant uh, officers, but not with the local police. But on different areas, like Cumberland Valley, Mechanicsburg, okay, the officers there is do the job to it's not supposed to be, all right? Yeah. It's like three weeks ago, we had a meeting on the state police uh, building, talking with the, um, some of the officers there to try to, to, to um, make a police about this, okay? It's not asking for a sanctuary state. Right. It's asking for do the job, like where it's supposed to be, right. okay? It's not immigrant officers, it's only state police. Mm. And the people can't believe on the officers when the officers is go ask for your status and is go detain you, okay? It's not only traffic stops, okay? State police is the officers to go to different areas when don't have local police, right? Mm. Yeah. How's supposed to be the people report anything to happen around that area to be scared of these officers? Mm. So, d- just to be clear, In certain rural areas,
0: like where I live, there's no local police force. If I have an issue, I have to call the state police. So to your point, they also need to maintain distance between ICE and themselves in order to get the cooperation of the community. So going back to driver's licenses, another issue would be workers' rights for the undocumented community. How do you approach that? What can be done, if anything? Um, Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, after the raids, the Montezuma raids here locally, which many people would know what that's referencing, but ICE had come into several different Montezuma restaurants and and ended up apprehending many people and detaining them in the York Detention Center. Uh, As well as, on top of that, they took information from people who were there and sent them letters for deportation orders. So the the number was higher than what we saw in the papers.
0: And for people who aren't local, that's a local chain of um, Tex-Mex or Mexican restaurants. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. So after that, the conversation started to, to grow even more in that what how do we help the communities to know what their workers rights are and the employers to know what their workers rights are so the, there are there are rights and Rodrigo can speak to this because they are we are all human beings here right? right so and that's one of those basic rights that we're all given and they come from from our constitution is the right to remain silent and the you're which comes from our freedom of speech. So that's, I'll kind of leave it there. Rodrigo has been in our Milpa group. We've been going through each of these rights so that we can better educate the community.
2: Sorry, I go say this in Spanish and you trust to no it. Sure. Todos en Estados Unidos tienen derechos.
1: Everyone in the United States has los rights. Los mismos
2: derechos que tiene alguien con pistola que acaba de asesinar a alguien son los mismos derechos que tiene alguien que está en, trabajando en una casa con color hispano.
1: Right, so the same rights as somebody who may have just assassinated someone as the, as somebody who's who's standing here as a regular person.
2: Para todos tiene que haber un proceso.
1: Everybody has a, to to see the process the same type of process.
2: No te pueden culpar de algo sin probarlo primero.
1: They can't call call you guilty for something if they haven't proved it.
2: No pueden culparte a ti de ser un inmigrante ilegal sin tener la información al respecto.
1: They can't name you guilty of being an illegal immigrant or undocumented immigrant without actually having proof.
2: Y una persona tiene derecho a guardar silencio.
1: And each person has the right
2: to, to remain silent. So,
1: why would I tell you, what, uh, give you an answer to something you're accusing me of if, if I don't have any reason for why you're asking me this question?
0: I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Sure it's arguable that people who are n- not citizens are, in fact, not entitled to the protections of the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. How do you counter that argument?
1: Yeah, we've been... we Both Rodrigo and I actually were at a training uh, with underneath of PIC, Pennsylvania Immigrant Citizenship Coalition, who had brought a human rights organization from Texas to train us on on the Constitution and how to exactly combat that question. And I think as a member here in the community that I similarly feel like that's an easy, easy thing to be brought up, right? Well, if you're not a citizen, how is it that you have that same right? But under the Constitution, (laughs) there is no guidelines around it that say Mm -hmm. you have to be a citizen. It's anybody living in the United States. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't talk about your status or your paperwork.
0: Right, right. So we have local employers employing people with undocumented status. Do you work directly with them? Are they part of your coalition? are they Are they allies as they might be called?
1: The Farmers Bureau, for one example, is is somebody who we've worked directly with, and Rajugo and, and Esvin, his counterpart here with Milpa, who started it years ago in Chambersburg uh, have have met with them personally and and have had a positive relationship thankfully have mm-hmm. had support from them. There's still a lot of fear that comes from from farmers in in speaking up and knowing how to exactly speak up, but they have written their agreement to to be a part of the ally network. But in order for there to be enough pressure on our legislators, there needs to be more counties signing up in that agreement.
0: Yeah, to me, these are the people that are getting away with it.
1: Right. And And,
0: go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Well, I just wanted, we've been kind of, you know, talking about this and how is it possible that we have a system now where there's so many workers here who are undocumented, yet we want undocumented workers out, yet we use them and we benefit in so many ways. That's that if we look back at history, which is why I'm so excited about the immigration series that is at COIL this this month. Uh, history shows us that we actually brought workers here. We we the were the Bracero ones who, program
0: was one of the big ones. Yeah, something was, on the order of five million uh, people were brought here to work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just it's really unbelievable that we forget how much we depended on that, how we needed it, and even migrant labor. We knew we needed that, which is why we started migrant education programs. And that is it's just you, very eye opening to me that we were so forgetful as people.
0: Don't be surprised by that. Americans are notorious for being ahistorical, (laughs) especially on this issue. And if you listen to the previous podcast we did with Kathleen, she goes through that history and talks about how we've been doing this for a very long time and benefiting from it. Yep. But ultimately, there's something else going on here. Yeah. Um, There's an aspect of racism, and then there's the immigrants are being used as political pawns. And... You know i don 't know really how you address that with Milpa. Are you trying to kind of talk to politicians and somehow figure out this issue and force them to embrace it force them to embrace the reality of what this community brings to us
1: yeah, I think so talking to politicians totally doable. I think as milpa we we would love to we talk about it. I think the difficult part is. For every type of argument, we have to figure out how we're going to sell it to somebody. So, yeah. and as I think about the profit that people make off yes. of our immigrant community, in, and particularly the undocumented immigrant community, it's it's a hard sell, right? You kind of need to pe- people to feel like moved, that to, to feel convicted that mm-hmm. truth be told, that these are these are workers that we depend on, and we should be speaking up for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say that would come down to that those same farmers and warehouses that are directly benefiting from this labor force these people out of the shadows? I mean, it's not just the undocumented communities in the shadows. These employers are in the shadows, and I would think pulling them into the light would would be important.
1: Yeah, I absolutely and. I do think that politicians have attempted that by by way of, you know, making sure that there's a true check on the social security numbers going into organizations or into offices and, and et cetera. But then that at the same time hurts our community, the undocumented community, because they're losing, There's everybody's going to find a way around it one way or another. And so it's, I think it, it does get a little bit more complicated, but mm-hmm. there it is ironic and I, I feel like I'm... Um, You know, aware and even friends with really good employers who who know that they have undocumented immigrants working for them, but they turn a blind eye. Well, I received all the correct paperwork. So. Oh, they know. Right. They know what's going on.
0: Well, listen. I want to thank you both so much for joining us today. Um, did you want to say something, Rodrigo? Go ahead. Yeah.
2: Well, we we want to talk a little bit about the the license. Okay. Okay. Number one is talking about the farmers. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Farm Bureau of Franklin County is supported this for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's try to help to to push on the Farm Bureau estate mm-hmm. to 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 make a bigger support. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two, why is five for license on Pennsylvania? Okay. It's a lot of changes to can make it on the uh, high governor, okay, but it's nothing happened. This is something to can do it by state, to right. make a changes, mm-hmm. okay? The people really need changes about immigration, okay? But nothing happened on the federal level. On the state level, we can do changes, mm-hmm. okay? And good changes for the people. This is the happen. Every year is more complicated more and more complicated to change the status mm. and the status is not because the people don't want to do it okay it's because it's put more big rocks on the way and the people can cross that mm. okay and i have many examples about that okay people to is living here for a long time to is have a, a wife child right. and he's try to fix the papers and and in different scenarios, I need to go back to Mexico to re- fix the papers and come back and never have the opportunity to come back because every chain, you know, we try to do something here locally by state, okay? And that change is possible to the people who want a supporter.
0: Right, right. Yeah, as we discussed previously, they set up obstacles to create new obstacles. So it, what it is is it's pushing the problem down the road. Uh, no politician really wants to put their name on solving this problem, and that's kind of unfortunate, and that's the history. So with that, again, I want to thank you both for joining us on the program today. Thank you. If you have any you. websites or events or anything you want to promote, that would be a <clears> great time.
1: Yeah, get connected. You can easily become a member of PICC or PIC, Pennsylvania Immigrant Citizenship Coalition. Um, Pro Republica is a great artic- uh, newspaper resource online if you're interested in finding more about immigration issues. Okay.
2: And for MILPAD, you can call to 484 602 5396 and you can leave any message for supporters uh, about the MILPA and the driving PA forward to his okay, license for everybody in Pennsylvania. All right.
0: Thank you both again. And I want to add one thing. The Progress Pod is in a brand new studio. You're our first guest in our beautiful new location, even closer to old Route 30. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's right. Closer to the Lincoln Highway, as, as you can hear. New Route 30, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, Pete, um, before we go, we'll just remind people of this October series that's taking place. They had the first meeting last night. We're talking on Tuesday. Um, It continues next Monday, October 15th, with Kathleen Cunif-Pena. And she's going to be talking about the push and pull factors of immigration to the U.S. And that's, again, that's from 6 to 7 at the Coil Free Library. And those continue through October on Monday nights. So check it out. You can find out more at the um, uh, Franklin County Coalition for Progress website, fccforprogress.org. And that's all I've got. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thank Thank you you. so much for the time.